Sorry, I died. <laughs> For example. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we died. We were gone for a little while, but um, we are back. Welcome to another episode of Y'all Don't Listen, a premium podcast by Ty and Julia. And today's topic is going to be all things music, the state of music, the future of music. And um, we have a special guest speaker today. The one, the one and only, Rocky. And we're all very excited to hear, uh, he's going to introduce himself in just a second. Um, but Ty, what's been going on in your world? I know you're kind of balls deep in something. <laughs> Excuse I me. Guess I, <laughs> I know, I'm balls deep in Attack on Titan right now, and I'm stressed out. So, as I should be. Why don't you let, <laughs> why don't you let people know what uh, what season you're on right now? I'm on season one, so don't come for me. I'm a virgin <laughs> to this shit. Um, but no, I like I'm enjoying this show. I've been bumming it out all day, just watching it before, you know, I go to work tomorrow. But you know, it's been a good time. I I can't stop watching it. Like it's that good. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who haven't seen Attack on Titan, I've personally been watching Attack on Titan too, and I'm actually up to date with all the episodes. However, I did binge the season one, season two, and season three in about three or four days, which was constant. Like it was constantly on my mind. And it's one of those episodes. Like it's one of those series, like uh, anime series, where you just literally mm-hmm. can't not go on to the next episode as it's just it ends on like horrible horrible like cliffhangers to the point where it's like oh will this person survive or will they not or like who is this person and stuff like that so um to any of you who actually like watch attack on titan and absolutely love it uh let us know because honestly i haven't met many people that watch this show but i would love to talk about it so just um, we were actually thinking about having an exclusively Attack on Titan uh, episode. Listen, I could go on for hours about this shit. Like, I'm almost done with season one, but I'm like, bitch. I was like, I'm ready to eat my computer. But, you know, my frontal lobe is like, bitch, you got 1500 in the bank right now? Like, sit your ass down. <laughs> oh, my oh, my goodness. Yeah, the amounts of, like, I, psychologically, that show does a lot to you as well. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting time. But without further ado, because that's kind of what I've been doing as well. I've been working out. Yeah. Um, to girls got abs of steel now. Well, not really, but they're but they're nice. There's also... Um, I know. Superman who? Uh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Superman is quaking. <laughs> but there uh what else is going on? Um school, literally same old shit. So without further ado, let's get into the topic for today. So lots of interesting things we're gonna discuss. Um I know personally from my sense, like my uh my music taste varies ranges from so many different genres um Mm -hmm. so i guess my expertise isn't very narrowed down to a specific genre um ty what about how's your music taste feeling like how would you describe yours you know i feel like everyone's in the same boat in this sense but i'm very versatile um so in the summer you know i may have a different vibe and then the winter time you're obviously slowing it down because the weather is you know you're not listening to all that hype music yet, but, you know, I don't know. I've been mixing it up. And then when we're at the club, it's, you know, it's house. So uh, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, lots of dancing. Always be dancing. Mm-hmm. That's a really exactly. big one. 
Uh, I th- I'm like hallucinating different sounds. What's like, is there hallucinating, but for like audio? No, because my earphones are fucked up, you know, because sometimes mm. Siri just starts playing Maroon 5 and I'm like, God damn it. You know, I love it. <laughs> but Listen, as long as she turns on some Mawaka, that's all we're talking about. Oh, exactly. So um, <laughs> we have our guest here today, Rocky, and he's going to introduce himself in here in just a second. Um, and yeah, uh, Rocky, are you here? I'm here. <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly. I, you know, I wasn't sure when exactly to, you know, input my two cents or whatnot. But yes, I am Rocky. Um, it's great to it's great to be on the podcast. I've been following yeah. you know, your guys' episodes. It's a it's been it's a very eventful. I loved it. Oh my god, the first episode when you made reference to Syrup Mouth Man, I literally I wanted to know who the hell that was. That will forever be an enigma, and he will remain nameless because I just I can't throw shade like that. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on, I need to backtrack. There's so many episodes now. I know, but Rocky was mentioning to the to the first. Um, it was the story we were talking about us sitting down at the table. It's part of the origin story about uh, Mr. Syrup Man. And I honestly, I don't want to oh, get yes. see if okay. Yes, 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 yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes, no, I know you're exactly. Totally good. You, you don't have to name drop anyone. I was just like, I was like, oh my god, like <laughs> as long as it's not me, like I don't care because you know that business school is small. It it is, honestly. No, it's crazy. Like, everyone knows everyone there. It's kind of scary. I'm like, I'm like, didn't I just see you in the lobby? Why are you in my class? Like, <laughs> exactly. Know, you're right. Exactly. No, but with... Give me your it, lunch money. Yeah, give me all of the lunch monies. But um, it, in regards to Syrup Man, uh, he's... Uh, I think he's vibing, but the thing is, is that I would totally drop a name, but if under the very rare, rare, super rare circumstance that we happen to go viral for some reason, um, I don't want to get canceled right off the bat. I'm dead. Spotify said harassment. Yeah, Spotify was just like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, we're not even going to air this one. Everybody just like, yeah, literally everybody just clicks away simultaneously and the sound was heard all around the world. all right rocky so let's get down to brass tacks so tell us a little bit about yourself um what your relationship is to music um what you do um and uh you can talk about like uh what you're doing with school and stuff like that but um we do want to hear more of like the music side what kind of got you into music some like inspirations literally just like free associate for a while yeah for Mm -hmm. sure and if you guys like if you guys want to interject at any point by all means like shoot your reasoning shoot your thoughts like totally totally good okay Um, for sure thanks well i guess for like to like start i'm a major i'm in the master's program at cu denver for accounting pretty boring stuff let's just we'll we'll, we'll just kind of push that to the side because boring (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah just finishing up there doing like tax stuff so like i said well, that that stuff that stuff can be pushed off. Oh no, nothing about um, those accounts receivable is ever unsexy. So you oh, keep right. on going. Yuck. <laughs> oh man. I took no, managerial accounting and I said, "Fuck <laughs> this shit." <laughs> stuff just over my head, and I majored in it. Um, oh, we all no, felt that. <laughs> terrible. Oh, no, but um. To kind of get to your point, actually, my my family has never really been into music. It's it was super odd. Like no one's ever been like super, you know, pushed music on us as kids like my sisters or I. Mm -hmm. Um, It actually happened. Funny enough, 
it was my let me think my ninth or tenth birthday my aunt actually got me guitar hero 3 went off for my oh, playstation hell yeah. um and that's actually <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's basically what uh what sent the the music passion and you know from guitar hero i oh, basically wait, uh, sorry can i interject was no, your first go, song go for it. was go your for it. was your first favorite song on their slow ride <laughs> <laughs> that was the first guitar hero song i ever heard <laughs> oh man <laughs> hey good no honestly though like that that really is probably the song that like set it off because that would that's the first song on the mm-hmm. set list <laughs> yep it's the first one but then you started graduating i think this there was another the stroke song on there um i forgot oh, was it reptilia um, or yeah, uh, yeah. reptilia yeah, yeah it was reptilia yeah. Mm-hmm. that's oh. a ride oh my gosh all the memory lane Whoa, oh, tr- yeah trust me I'm a, I'm a contender on that too so <laughs> no hey and then no and just kind of like um after you know playing that game and whatnot I started digging into some some older cds that my dad collected back when he went to high school my my mom and dad collected they graduated in 83 and 87 so they had a bunch of of old time cds that i really got down to like i remember one of the first cds i ever listened to was the first van halen record um and i was just like i was i was sent on it so since then i've just been literally trying to dig into as much music as i can i have a even though I listen to primarily like rock, like that kind of side of music, my music taste is super, super diverse because I just I really like to go out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's like on my playlist, like you'll find groups like Wu Tang and mm-hmm. NWA, mm-hmm. and then it'll it'll shift mm-hmm. to like this this like modern day like French like death metal band, and it's just like <laughs> it's there's just no like there's no shortage of of uh, diversity on my playlist. So I don't know. And then eventually um, after, you know, playing video games for a while, I actually wanted to try actual instruments because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, let's do this. So then I ended up taking up guitar when I was like 12 or 13, never Uh really could get with it. I don't know what it was about it. So, but I knew I wanted to do an instrument though. So I started picking up the drums a little bit and here we are today. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been kind of, as far as like my background, Mm-hmm. Uh, music is is concerned. I I, it, I don't know. I haven't really actually prioritized music until this pandemic hit. Weirdly enough, that's when I started really oh. really focusing on it big time. But um, otherwise, mm-hmm. it's been a I don't know. It's just been a hobby mm-hmm. uh, more so than anything. But I guess yeah, like I said, since the pandemic hit, it's become honestly more of a passion than anything. So oh, absolutely. And I feel like the pandemic sort of magnified everybody's sort of hobbies and everything yeah. like that. So very cool. Um, in regards to um, like your music taste and like music preferences, just as a fun little <laughs> icebreaker before we dive into the meat of this, is there any sort of like guilty pleasure bands or guilty pleasure singers that you particularly like are maybe not so keen on sharing with people openly? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I do. I definitely, I 100% do. Um, I don't know if you've heard, there's, there's a modern, like, she was like a YouTube icon. Her name Uh-oh. is Poppy. I don't know if you've <gasps> heard of her. Poppy. Wait. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, wait, what's the song by her? Wait, wait, look one up. Oh my God. Here, wait, there's this, um, here, I can send you a link to it, but yeah, Poppy. Oh, well, Poppy ain't that bad. She's kind of, she's... Okay very quirky 
Very quirky kind of moments, yeah. But hey, no, there's like certain things that you just can't like sort of like, you know, you can't yuck anybody's yum, you know? And if it happens to be... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a whole other thing too. People like sometimes really feel like, I don't know, there's a certain... There's, I have a certain disdain for people who really make you feel guilty about a certain type of music. All right, there he is, popping it up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, but, I am. I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this? Put me on. But, she, she, she's a little long. <laughs> but the thing is with... Um, with people who make you feel really bad about your music taste, that's like the worst type of person. It's the same thing with movies. It's the same thing with with Amazing. just literally anything that's so personal to a person's journey. Or the same goes with people who are like, oh, like um, I've recently become not super great with people who are like, oh, uh, like have you seen the movie or like have listened to this band? Like say for example, oh, like Jurassic God. Park. Like have you seen Jurassic Park as like a movie? And it's like, no, I haven't. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe it. it's like, dude, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it's okay, like, oh my god, you haven't seen it. Oh, oh my god, you haven't seen it. It's just like this weird like pseudo elitist thing <laughs> that makes you feel like you're just that much of a better person if you've watch Jurassic Park <laughs> like great okay man <laughs> oh my god you haven't seen Harry Potter get out of my life. <laughs> oh my god Dude, I have never like literally Wait, I think I watched no like I watched one I think it's when like the trolls were in the bathroom after that I was like I gotta go fuck this shit I was like hell to the no could you imagine taking a shit and a fucking troll rolls up on your ass I'm like bitch laxative for what <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it from that angle, but you're definitely right. <laughs> I'm like, hell no. I'm like, you got me fucked up. I I hit the power button on that TV so fast. I said, listen, bitch, it couldn't be me. <laughs> don't, don't disturb the peace. Yeah, right. Exactly. I was like, wait for the show to be over at least. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a wizard's last bastion of freedom and just solitude. <laughs> but, exactly. but Ty, no, um, what's up? Oh, sorry. Continue. No, no, no. My apologies. No worries. I was about to ask Ty what his guilty pleasure is in music. Because frankly, uh, I don't even know. I, I don't even think I know that. I don't, quite, I don't know the answer to that. And I've known you for exactly, a while now. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I think when I was a kid, I was really into rock. So, you know, gotcha. Linkin Park, Paramore, like, I was really into that. No, when you were talking about guitar, um, no, literally, when you were talking about, um, when you were talking about, what's it called, uh, what was it, Guitar Hero? I was wondering, like, no one talked about, like, Wake Me Up Inside or anything, because I remember that being, like, one of the songs on there. I was like, what the hell? I was like, y'all forgetting the classics, baby. No, Evanescence? Are you kidding me? I could bust out of some good old Evanescence exactly. out of here, I swear. Exactly. I was like, that was my shit. <laughs> Dude, I'd be walking around my... No, I'd be walking around my church like, save me! And they're like, uh, honey, baptisms are on the 10th, not the 1st. <laughs> man, that is... Oh but, man, rock, really. Yeah, I or was like really a, growing up. Were you a little punk moment? Little, little, um, what was it called? Warp tour moment? Little, little. <laughs> you know, you know, I, honestly, no, that's what is so funny because, like, back then I was really, like, into that stuff. Like, I was same. really big on reading anime growing up and, like, listening to rock. Like, I was into it. And then I got older. I said, eh, time to switch it up. Uh, fair, no, fair point. That's the thing. Music for sure evolves with you no. as well. Big time. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. That's Rock- actually... Rocky, no. care to share your insight? 
I mean, that's actually it's it's funny that you talk about music evolving like that because I mean, holy cow! And in like the span of, I'm trying to think since recording music mm-hmm. was a thing, which was like late 1800s was when actually the first like rec- recording, I guess like software mm-hmm. it was like a. It was like the Edison cylinder, mm-hmm. like the first bit of like recording to like now the evolution of music is, is absolutely crazy more so because of, um, of how, how much we can actually record now. So like mm-hmm. back, back then with that first piece of Rick recording, you could only fit a two, like a one to two minute song on that piece of recording. And that wow. was, it. that's all that you could fit on this, this device. Uh-huh. And then come early 1900s like around like right around the 1900 mark you have like a standard flat disc which was basically like the first vinyl record that could now play three to four minutes of music Mm -hmm. and so people were like you know structuring music around how much they could fit on these Mm -hmm. like recording mantles right yeah very much based on the format that it's presented in that's oh exactly yeah yeah finish your thought and i have a follow-up question to this sort of to this thought no, yeah, for sure. And then you get like, you know, 50 years down the road, the actual vinyl record gets refined and, um, the, the, you know, the grooves are cut thinner, the disc is made a little bit bigger. And now all of a sudden you can fit 25 minutes of music onto one side of a record. And now, mm-hmm. you know, it, it lets artists, you know, dive into more album type work. Mm-hmm. And then you get the compact disc and then the internet comes around. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we're here now where like, the span of what you can record and what you can create is just, it's unlimited. Like, it's there's yeah, no, there's, limitless, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, very interesting. Mm-hmm. In regards, What's your follow-up question, though? Um, yeah, with in regards to um, formats of music and stuff like that, I know you do have some insight, just because I know you're very knowledgeable on this subject. Um, in regards to how streaming services have sort of changed up the game for better or for worse for like mm-hmm. artists and recording and stuff like that. Cause I know um, there's certain qualms for artists, uh, for music producers and stuff like that, that Spotify has, oh, yeah. um, there's sort of like a push to be algorithmic in a lot of ways with music, oh, um, yes. which <laughs> kind of, yeah, which sort of combats the idea of just like, you know, music being a form of like free expression, just like any other artistic form. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I can elaborate on this a little bit, but I wanted to hear some of your insight on that just as, you know, cause you play the drums and you've had, you know, um, you have your sort of like leg in, um, like the creative process and what that sort of looks like. So do you have any sort of things that maybe you want to tune in on it or like key in on, on like this specific oh. issue? <laughs> you know, just the right questions to ask. Oh my God. <laughs> You know what? I'm getting better at this. <laughs> all facts, so, all facts. Let, let me tell you, um, what streaming services have done, you're exactly correct. You are spot on by saying it's um, it's all about, it's, it's about chasing where the money's at now. And that's mm-hmm. by following the algorithm that a lot of these streaming services um, provide. So no matter what kind of effort you put into a song, you know, some prog, some prog metal, prog rock bands make eight, nine, 10, even like 11 minute songs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have, you know, a song like what's, Oh my gosh. Why am I drawing a blank on the song name? Old town road. Oh my God. Why did I just, no. <laughs> you have a song. Like, we all try to forget. 
<laughs> that was such a banger when it came out. Don't sleep on that. No, I, ca- I can't relate to what y'all are saying. I can't. No, literally. That was amazing. Like, honestly, when it was on SoundCloud, it hit different. Like, honestly, you gotta go diving for that shit. <laughs> you gotta go early. Yeah. Yes. The niche was what made it sexy, I'm assuming. So, exactly. yeah. Well, you know. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean, um, you know, you can have a song like that, which is like around like I think like a minute and 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how much of the song is actually listened to as long as the first 30, as long as you mm-hmm. pass the first 30 seconds, the artist gets paid. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Spotify did. or th- There's like there's a company. I'm not sure if they own Spotify or if they are. If they're a shareholder in Spotify, mm-hmm. but they did an analysis and this analysis showed that I think around like the, the odds of you skipping a song in like the first like five seconds is around like 20 something percent. Mm. The odds of you skipping a song in the first 20 seconds jumps up to like 30. And then mm. the odds of you skipping before the 30 are like another like 30%. So like people are trying to find ways around this 30 second rule just to try and make money. And in doing so, it's almost like limiting creative freedoms. Mm-hmm. You have, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what song Taylor Swift, I think it was called, I think it was me. Mm-hmm. That Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Where, I mean, literally if you, if you, if you listen to that song, there is almost, there's no intro. It gets right into a chorus. Mm-hmm. There's numerous catchy hooks before mm-hmm. the 30 second mark just so that people won't skip and mm-hmm. it sells it sells huge actually mm-hmm. um so in in a sense it's i i i want to i want to tread lightly saying it's killing music because i don't think music will ever die mm-hmm. but in a sense it's it's limiting creative ability and it's limiting people truly going out of their comfort zones because how Spotify and these streaming services work, it recommends you music that you already mm-hmm. like. And so yes. there's no there's no introduction to something new that you might have you might have never known that you love and all of a sudden boom, you mm-hmm. know, it's introducing you to new stuff. Well it doesn't do that. It keeps you in this bubble of music. Um mm-hmm. that even uh, and like I said, like I'm preaching all this, but like I, I mean I, I listen to Spotify every day. Like there's not mm-hmm. a day that goes by where I don't listen to Spotify, right? Um mm-hmm. And this also leads me to another point. Um, back when there wasn't streaming services, you know, you had to go out and buy the record that you wanted to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, Miss those days. Even Miss if those you days. may not have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%, well, the thing is, yeah. even if you didn't enjoy a song. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy how much it's changed. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't enjoy a song on one of those records, you still listen to the full record because in a way you felt like you were cheated a little bit, like you were cheated out of your money. So you eventually grew to enjoy songs more so that you wouldn't have thought that you enjoyed huh. before. Yeah. There was also some sort of financial investment when you got a piece mm-hmm. of music. No, yeah. Preach, and, preach. So oh. <laughs> 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 no, like for, for example, you buy a vinyl record, right? Well, not only are you getting the music with that vinyl, there's artwork, you can frame it. There's sometimes lyric sheets. The bands provide some some of their insights, some of their backstories within this vinyl record and or a CD, whichever one you're getting. So there's like a bit of like an attachment to it. Mm-hmm. With streaming services, 
where's like the attachment piece? There's not really like anything really attached to the music you're listening to. It's kind of just like sound going in, in one ear and out the other. Right. Mm -hmm. So I also feel like really absorbing music nowadays from these streaming services is a lot more difficult just because mm -hmm. it goes back, you know, it's just in one ear and out the other. There's not really mm -hmm. like time to like digest what you're listening to. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. That's that. That's a little bit of kind of what I um, think about streaming services. I mean, overall, like I said, I, I'm <laughs> I'm totally bashing right now. But I mean, like <laughs> after this call, while well, listening to Spotify, going to bed, yeah, I probably will. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't know. I feel like it's just limiting a lot of creative freedoms that we want to have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's, yeah. I think it's developed more. Um, I think it's hindered the craftsmanship of the artists. Um, and I say that because mm -hmm. you bring up a good point about, you know, having to buy CDs in um, previous times. And I think, like you said, it was an investment because that artist had to put out quality work. Now exactly. with streaming services, um, streaming services, um, a lot of artists are just putting out nonsense just to put out content. Like they, you see how like they'll come out with an album like every couple of months, but back then you were at least waiting like two to three years for an artist to drop another album. And like now, like records are rushed. Yeah, and I'm like they're no longer timeless. Like, and I I love that about the record times because like you invested your money into it and you only could listen to it at that moment when you had the record present. Now, being that like all of our songs are at the palm of our hands, it's kind of taking out that love that we once had for music in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you also brought up... Sorry, continue. Oh, me? Mm -hmm. Okay, sick. Um, no, I just wanted to put in my two cents and just, um, Rocky, I think you hit the nail right on the head in terms of that. And, oh, I have, um, I have an embarrassing thing to tell you. So the, uh, book that I recommended for you, um, how music works, which I have it with me here right now, it actually wasn't from the singer from Foo, <laughs> Foo Fighters. It was from the singer from, <laughs> no, no. And for some reason I always get these two mixed up, but it's actually David, um, Byrne from the Talking Heads. Oh yes, okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and okay. so I apologize for that. That's um, that's a very unfortunate mistake that I made. But I have the book here for you. It's still excellent, and it kind of highlights exactly the points that you were talking about, and it goes more into depth about the formats of music, so cassettes and how that has changed the um, the consumption of music, and then streaming services, obviously. Um, but also another thing that I wanted to point out, just kind of going off of like what both of you have said is that um and I've learned this like sort of firsthand at school too with the commodification of creative endeavors in general and this is true especially when it comes to music and I'm talking like musical production too so we're talking concerts and stuff like that you know um, mm -hmm, concerts and I'd actually be interested to hear what you have to say on concerts in regards to this sort of stuff too um, but I do want to finish up the thought um, I was actually reading an article about this concept of some artists say for example uh, these aren't like groundbreaking artists. Well, at least not in the sense of like musical talent. Well, you know what? No, I'm not going to bash right now. But um, you did <laughs> you did mention Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, along with Imagine Dragons, they have this actually this sort of like PR marketing type thing called a super fan program. And, oh, yes. and yes, so it, it was like this super fan program thing where um, 
like you get all these extra like it's not like a vip how it is like traditionally in music settings and stuff like that because taylor swift actually like doesn't really do like meet and greets and stuff like that but super fans um you pay you essentially pay your way into like exclusive like i can't really shit i can't really i need to read up on the article again but essentially like these people were like essentially like paid their way into specific places in the groups like fan base so whenever they'd have a concert like those people would be able to like always experience those like firsthand will always be able to like meet those people and stuff like that so there wasn't really that like cultural finesse that sometimes came around with um like you know going to concerts and stuff like that and like going backstage and stuff like that there's like a certain again like a there's more to it i know it sounds like i'm basically just describing like a more paid vip experience but there was something so completely off because on it also has to do with social media um Gotcha. And then how the band like presented itself on social media and these um, these super fans um, were actually like their tweets or whatever the fuck it was like their tweets were always seen by the band and replied to. But again, that's a very sort of like transactional interaction as well, if you think about it, because the band was literally I'm, I'm assuming was approached by a marketer at some point, which is like, hey, we're going to do the super fan thing. Um, they will carry out all of like they'll spread good messages on you on like Instagram and like Twitter and stuff like that. But in return, you're going to have to like reply to their shit. Right. Which I don't know why that, yeah. So like, it's strange because like that, again, just rubs me the wrong way. This sort of like fabricated interaction that like musicians have with their fans. Like the music just isn't enough anymore now, it seems like. And you know, there's always super fans and shit like that. And like, you know, like groupies and whatever the fuck you want to call them. Of Um, course, yeah. Yeah, so um, to a certain extent, like there's like the performance aspect of music has also changed drastically i don't know if you have any insight on that rocky um or if you've seen anything like changing specifically maybe it's like based on genre obviously but if you have any sort of experience or like any sort of insight on that or how you've seen concerts changed over time or anything no yeah i mean for starters um the the big the big one that's that i actually enjoy when when groups do it to a certain extent um, is uh, the concept of, of no technology at concerts. Mm. As in I, I went, when was it? Wait, what is that? Yeah, no, I've always, as a viewer, I've always been curious, like how are they able to monitor that? So in October of 2019, I went to go see Tool at the mm. Pepsi Center. Um, mm. and Wait, who? <laughs> <clears throat> they're a band called Tool. Um, they're like okay, this gotcha. er- early '90s uh, mm-hmm. slash, like I guess, like early 2000s as well, like mm-hmm. prog rock mm-hmm. band, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they had uh, they had no, no technology policy. If uh, they had employees going up and down um, the rows at Pepsi Center, uh, checking this, checking for phone lights, and if they found that a phone was being used, you got kicked out of the venue. Um, and you wouldn't dare use a, f- a phone at one of those concerts because I'll be real with you. I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't proud of the money that I spent on those tickets. It was a lot of money. So I, was, I was not, I was not about ready to give, <laughs> I was not about ready to give up those seats because of that. I was not ready for that. But I mean, that was actually the first concert that I was at where um, there was like a no phone um uh, no phone policy. And I actually, I enjoyed myself more so than all the concerts I had been to. But that's actually my favorite concert to this day. 
um, was that tool mm-hmm. coming through? Um, Interesting. And I'm not, I mean, again, I don't know. That That's one aspect I, that I noticed uh, was huge. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think. I know a lot of these, if you go and see like older groups, mm-hmm. um, just <laughs> kind of going back on the recording thing, a lot mm-hmm. of older groups have major issues with people recording their stuff, like big time issues. Like really? we're talking like legal, legal disputes. Oh, oh wow. holy cow. So, I mean, as far as people like recording stuff anymore is concerned, even for, <laughs> I mean, you better get like licenses. There's, there's gotta be so much legal trouble that goes into it before you can actually full on record any artist stuff anymore. And what what's doing this, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Copyright Act. It's, it's, called, it's called the DMCA, I think, Digital... Mm. Uh, mm. Digital Millennial, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, or something like that. Mm. You know what? And I actually then, haven't heard of it. I know yeah, personally, I haven't. Yeah. Would you be able to, like, very briefly, uh, what do you call it? Um, explain it just a tad bit. No. Yeah. Uh, so basically, what this DMCA um, Act is doing to a lot of people online now, um, if you have even. Let's say you have two seconds of a Zeppelin song playing in the background, right? You mm-hmm. had no clue it was there, but it, you could still hear it in the video. You can still, you know, it's it's there mm-hmm. for two to three seconds. Yeah. Um, whoever owns the estate of Robert Plant and Jimmy Page for for Zeppelin, whoever mm-hmm. owns their estate now, uh, is going online and taking legal action and like literally cutting people <gasps> from like posting anything with music. Holy Even if God. it's two, like two to three seconds, people are getting their videos taken down and their channels are oh, wiped wow. basically because of this act. It's it's really bad, and I really don't get why older bands are doing it because mm-hmm. it's. I mean, the music's gonna die with them. <laughs> if you ask yeah, me, yeah, <laughs> pretty much in true. some ways, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a big thing now. Just overall, I don't know. In 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 turn, it affects the listening experience. Um, I don't, and it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's a lot more uh, precautious than mm-hmm. it had been in the past. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another thing that I, um, that I've been kind of feeling as far as like, you know, like live performances are concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I would say there's a lot more, well, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot more variety nowadays as to going see, you know, going and seeing live performances. Gosh, the last live performance I saw was, January of 2020 so it's kind of oh, it's kind of a hazy memory at this point <laughs> yeah for real concept of time is gone might have been 50 oh, years ago God. I wouldn't know <laughs> no, I mean yeah I mean I, I another thing that adds into it now is what I like to call um and again I, I saw this on it I saw this on a YouTube video it explained this guy explained it really really well um uh, what's known as the age of perfection, if you will, uh-huh. where a lot of music nowadays, if you go to concerts, um, depending on the genre of crime, this is totally dependent on the genre, mm-hmm. um, is done from a MacBook, you know, and mm-hmm. same with recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost takes away the human element that like that was imperfect perfect the the imperfect part of it mm-hmm. was in my opinion what almost made it like do i dare say like magical almost mm-hmm. or like, it, like mm-hmm. the, the human aspect to music really is what's 
for me at least personally, this is totally a personal opinion, totally mm-hmm. subjective, mm-hmm. Um, was what really like made the music. And so I mean, I've been to tons of EDM concerts. Did I have a blast? Oh, hell yeah. It was so much fun. But again, oh, yeah. it wasn't necessarily the music that I was there for. I was just there for the atmosphere more so than anything. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, but going back to just a strict music taste, um, I feel like the, the age of perfection, um, you know, this, this overarching, uh, making just music Mm -hmm. solely based off of computers, Mm -hmm. um, almost kind of eliminates an aspect that, uh, you know, live concerts had going back all the way as far as live concerts have Mm -hmm. been going on. Right. Yeah. Um, so Hmm. Uh, that that's my two cents. Okay. No, no, no. And I see that, uh, from like a music appreciation aspect, I can absolutely see that. Um, especially when it comes to, uh, or like, as you can see, like also difference in like production value and stuff, I think based Mm -hmm. on depending on who you listen to, um, also it's very genre based as well. I think there's, um, to a certain degree, different genres require a different like set or expectation of like performance and value and like all this other stuff. So like, say for example, like you have your traditional, like sort of like, I would say like run of the mill punk band, like performing at like whatever, like small low key venue um, versus like a big, like pink performance in Vegas and stuff like that or whatever it is. Right. So I think different industries and different sort of genres of music call for different things. Um, I guess where the, line is sort of like foggy though is again like what sort of purpose does music play in people's eyes because clearly it's different like some people require more from their music or less if you really think about it depending on how you really think about it um so people who really go out and you know i'm not drawing any sort of like uh like um superiority type um uh, complex isn't the word for it Supe- uh, superiority kind of like stance here but like totally. say for example like a person who's gonna go out to um like a high production like high value concert so like uh like a taylor swift for example and not shitting on mm-hmm. taylor swift but um they expect i think a less sort of um they it's the appreciation of music music comes much i think from the emotional aspect of it how it makes you feel rather less than that sort of um i think like that musical process that creative process that comes with because a lot of this music you can clearly tell it's like produced for the masses you know there's um, oh definitely like empty in some ways empty baseless music but i mean at the end of the day a person could argue if it makes you feel something if it makes you feel a certain way it makes you feel good which is music i think is music's most like hedonistic and like uh, in some ways altruistic purpose then you can't really i guess in some ways you can't really argue um you can't no you know what i mean it's like trying to argue about religion it's if it makes you feel if it makes you feel a certain way and it makes you feel great i say hell yeah like if, if i'm not into it that's totally okay but if it makes you feel if it you know if you're digging it and you like it hell to the mm-hmm. yes i am 100 mm-hmm. for it 100 percent, yeah but that's just also an interesting question just in itself like what does music mean 
to a like to any particular type of person because it's funny rocky you brought up how your parents like never really introduced you to music and stuff like that um i found myself in a similar situation i remember like even now like i can't really like i don't see my parents like listening to music like i don't see them doing that which is such a strange foreign thing to me because it's like when there (laughs) is like why not be uplifted by like a different form of entertainment if you want to call it that or like something that like help eases your mind or whatever purpose music serves you Um, But it's interesting in that sense, like what role does music play in a person's life? And that's a very subjective question. But um, if you don't mind me asking, is there any sort of like music age, like nostalgia that you have for? So any particular like type of music that um, you wish you were there for, like when it was coming about or being in a particular type of um, like uh, music scene when it was at his like heyday or no? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm I'm. I pretty much fancy everything before 2000. So. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Do you want to expand? And, and, and I also want to hear your guys uh, take on this question as well mm-hmm. after this. For sure. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I mean, to start off, I mean, I have a Led Zeppelin tattoo and a Soundgarden tattoo on my body. <laughs> so <laughs> if, I, if I were to go back to two periods, seventies and nineties, I've, would absolutely adore like the Seattle scene in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I'm like a grunge. I love, I know a lot of people don't like grunge, but I mean, mm-hmm. Oh, it, I don't know. Just seeing that Seattle scene and the sound that it mm-hmm. was, um, that was being produced around like 1991. And I mean, I, I, yeah. Like classes like Nirvana, um, into a certain way. Am I, am I tripping or did, um, Alice in Chains also come around that time or am I tripping? <laughs> I have, I have an Alice in Chains tapestry in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, sick. No, you're, you're spot on. Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know if I, like, fudged that up or somehow, because my listening to, uh, to yeah, stuff like, um, yeah, to, like, you know, uh, that genre of music was very much based around, like, my mother and my older brother. They're, he was very gotcha. much, yeah. He's the one that's in the punk band. Well, actually, he quit. That's but right. that's just, Yeah, but that, he quit, <laughs> but he, now he's in another one. But, you know, that's just how the punk scene kind of goes. Um, <laughs> that's, that's <the> punk <laughs> 100% how it goes. But um, in regards to, yeah, in regards to that sort of music, also, I think, yeah, as you mentioned, Soundgarden, um, at some point, like, Rage Against the Machine. But I'm, like, iffy on mm. when that sort of came about. Or the popular, like, it was popular in the 2000s. Um, and I think, right? Or am I tripping? I no, might be yeah. tripping. No, 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 no. You actually are spot on. Rage Against the Machine released their debut album in 92. Alice in mm. Chains' debut was 1990. Nirvana's was 89. Soundgarden's was 89. So all around that mm. same time, you're spot on with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In that case, I didn't know if I was like tripping up on that. But oh, also, rest in peace, Chris Cornell. I mean, I know it's been a while, yeah. but man, what a talented <laughs> musician. Very talented. Ah. My mm-hmm. God, that still gets me. I, I feel like I'm sharing stuff on Instagram all the time about him. <laughs> oh, Chris Cornell. And then, oh, yeah, Ch- uh, Chester Bennington of Linkin Park, too, right? Yeah, no, yeah. But I, I know they were really good friends. And mm-hmm. um, after, I I mean, from what came to light, like, I think Chester ended up taking his life on Cornell's birthday mm-hmm. because of that. Re- or I think it was, I, don't, I can't remember mm-hmm. which way it was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were very yeah they were very much close friends. I do remember that it was tragic. But anyway, uh, Ty, do you want to what do you have a music nostalgia age possibly, or if there's any time you could really go back to to see like it doesn't even have to be nostalgic. But um, if I don't you wanna know be like, because yeah because I'm like two different wavelengths. But growing up, it was like for a bit. I grew up like listening to the rock era. 
Um, but then, because I was bouncing from two different households, but mm-hmm. I would say I was more into like the more R and B. So like when Jenny Wine was around, mm-hmm. like mm, My yeah, so you know life exactly <laughs> like you know, know. Yes. Was, wait or was that yeah, Ray so J like, or am I tripping? No, I that was Jenny Wine. Uh, no, you're good. Um, but uh, no, like when like Aaliyah was out, like those type of artists. So like yeah, definitely gotcha. two different two uh, polar opposites um, in terms of music genres. But yeah, I miss that hey. era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got I got some Destiny's Child and some TLC. Let me tell you, I get, hey, that's what we are talking about. Uh, <laughs> this is what we are saying. Yeah. Uh. No, I love that you are very um, aware of all these, uh, aware of the music history. I think that's very admirable. No, it's fascinating because now yeah, that, no, not a lot of people real. like nowadays have this appreciation for like music exactly. development. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me let me tell you. I think the R and B scene in and of itself is one of the most interesting to evolve over the years. Mm-hmm. In, my, in my opinion, uh, I because agree. you know, you go from groups like or you know, God rest his soul, Aretha Franklin, and like Little Richard mm-hmm. and James Brown, and then you know, in my opinion, the, the '90s completely was transformative for R and B with like you know, Destiny's Child, Beyonce, of course, one of the mm-hmm. largest stars to come out. You have like J Lo, you have Shakira, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of these major stars coming out of the nineties that just completely shaped R and B to what it is today. And to be honest, like I actually really do like a lot of modern day R and B. Like it's mm-hmm. I know I talk about rock a lot, but no, I I totally <laughs> am with you on that. I am completely on your side. Mm-hmm. yeah no i just i i just i have that nostalgic sense just because it's like i feel like that era for me is like more timeless mm-hmm. like my future kids will be listening to certain things that we've listened to uh-huh. and also be listening to like older music so no i i dig it mm-hmm. um my question to you i wanted to get into this topic um because we touched on streaming earlier on um yeah. how do you feel as though like streaming has impacted artists financially Because I look at it from a business perspective, like I know it takes like hundreds of thousands of streams in order for them to even make a decent amount. So how do you feel like streaming is transitioned to like the financial burden of artists? I mean, it it goes back to a lot of big time corporations now. It's people just eating Mm -hmm. up these music artists. And I mean, if you're trying to make it big in music, you can't just solely Mm -hmm. you can't just solely stream because I mean, it's, it's 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 just like you're saying, like. You know, these big corporations are like just making people bleed out the ass. Like it's so it's it's completely it's it's robbery, if you ask me. Um, mm-hmm. But um, no. So, I mean, another big reason on why this pandemic is so huge is because of live of live music. Like it it just completely like, crippled the or I shouldn't say completely crippled, but it really did hinder a lot of people because a lot of people's, you know, um, their wages depend upon this, like this live music. And I don't know. I know Spotify will pay out based off of like album units or like, we'll have like album sales to artists based off like album units. And it's like, if you listen to like 75% of the songs on an album, okay. That counts as like, like a album sale, if you will, over Spotify. Well, Mm -hmm. that's so much different than going out and just buying the album outright out of like a record store because they get the full amount of the money, you know, when you buy the album. Uh, Whereas now, like, let's say people only listen to like a couple songs off an album. Well, that doesn't count as an album sale. And now they're hurting even more. And on top of this, like I said, like a lot of these corporations that own these streaming services are taking the vast majority. And when I say the vast majority, I mean, like, 
the artists are getting left with, you know, like little to nothing of what they, they should be making for putting their, you know, their stuff on platforms, which is actually very hypocritical because of how, um, a lot of these are, a lot of these same artists are blocking channels and blocking videos and preventing their music from mm-hmm. getting to the public when they're already not doing well on streaming services. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'm, I'm still, I still have, I'm trying to wrap my head around all that, but no, I, I think streaming services are doing artists, no, no services at all um, by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. I don't know if, did you guys have any, any thoughts on that as well or? No, I concur, because I was just thinking about that. Like, you know, that's why I was like, I love the era of where you genuinely had a buy record. Um, Because now I feel like a lot of artists are suffering. And you bring up a good point with the pandemic, because if you look at the big time artists, like, you know, artists like Drake and like the rappers and whatnot, their their revenue is based off of like merged. um, Because I know I know Tech Nine has made a huge profit off of just merch, right? Dude, her girl crazy, like, sends me every time. Um, I think it's, like, I forget. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Um, But anyways, he made, like, I remember this one era of, um, I forget which album it was, but he made so much off of merch alone. Like, it was ridiculous. So it's, like, if um, these artists don't tap into the realm of other business endeavors, they're kind of, like, they're not doing as great as they say they are via these songs no i mean you know you're <laughs> it's funny that you say that because i actually just saw <laughs> i saw a tech nine post to his instagram story some merch today <laughs> <laughs> um so no no you're right i mean it's it's definitely it's definitely trying i mean I know a, a lot of the money that I've given artists are so it's solely based off of merch. You hit the nail on the head on that one. Um, yeah, there was like a whole dispute with like Travis Scott. I think like two years ago um, when Astro World came out, but apparently like he was bundling like merchandise. He was able to finesse like bundle merchandise with record sales. And that essentially like smart um, upped him to be like on the top, like number one on Billboard. And a lot of artists at the time who were also putting albums out at the same time were, like, angry. But I think it was the smartest business decision, like, he's made thus far um, in terms of music itself. Because it was, like, that was crazy, like, how that boosted his sales so much. Hey, you know, I have respect for the hustle. That is... that is Exactly. Be, that's being smart about it. Because, I mean, yeah, I don't know. A lot, a lot of people just put the music out and don't ever really, you know, consciously... Um, think about maybe what you know what to sell um along with the music so no i completely agree Dude, yeah or they blow it on a dumbass fucking chain or some shit i fucking hate that shit <laughs> i'm like what the fuck bro now you're broke psych <laughs> 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 dude dude i can't like i feel like a lot of these artists are like financially illiterate in some ways and i'm like dude like especially like i want us to get into what you thought about like the whole 360 deals with a lot of these new artists and that goes on like the spectrum of like all artists whether you're in hip-hop rock like whatever you want to call it like um or whatever genre you're in but yeah i wanted to touch on like 360 deals and what your opinion was on that what is a 360 deal um here let me just so i get the verbiage right but essentially you're not making that much money um hold on one second 
Oh, but while Ty looks that up, um, did you guys yeah. hear about Justin Bieber, what Justin Bieber did with his uh, song Yummy? No. It was, literally, no what? it was literally it was literally the most pathetic thing that I've ever seen an artist because he Wait, tried was that to, his Instagram thing? Like where yeah, he oh, like Well he posted all those pictures of babies with the caption yummy, first of all, but that's not even like that's not even a <laughs> No, but so um Justin Bieber literally okay, so I don't know what it is, but like a, before he released his like most recent album, he uh mm. debuted his song Yummy. And mm-hmm. yummy. Uh, apparently, he just really, really freaking wanted to get it on like the top of the Billboard charts, which, which he never got. He he got to he got to like space two or something. And so no, there was this whole thing. And you can actually watch a bunch of YouTube videos on it because it was hilarious. He asked his fans like, "Oh, let's get to Billboard like 100 and the top spot. Like this is really important. Like guys, let's do this." So he creates six, I think, separate like six separate youtube videos like like youtube videos with the song yummy one was a lyric video one was the actual music video one was like the music video but with a food fight like i'm talking same song with six different youtube videos on top of that he literally dead ass asked his fans he was just like play like have yummy play on repeat um oh on spotify God. especially like yeah like while you're sleeping too he did ask, ask his fans like listen <laughs> while, like listen to it while you sleep just put it on mute but just like let us get to a billboard but <laughs> it, no Wait, it was, are you for real yeah you can watch youtube videos on it there's so many youtube videos on it i it literally slipped through my fingers because all i really saw of justin bieber like during that time was just his instagram post of like the babies and i'm like oh wow okay so maybe he's like pregnant with Haley, whatever and no that was a really bad time that he did all those baby from sorry i didn't mean to cut you off continue well because wasn't it like pizzagate or some like he went on yes i was just gonna shit? touch on yeah, that yeah, yeah, like yeah, he yeah. literally did that in the height of pizzagate conspiracy theorists i was like you're stupid yeah, and i was like, like oh my but it was crazy that these kids in these photos had like pizza and whatnot. I was like, oh my fucking God, like you're an idiot. Yeah, but anyway, that was my two cents. But Ty, go back to 360. Oh no, you're good. I'm, I was just trying to look it up just for verbiage purposes, but no, I know what it entails. Um, pr- pr- pretty much it just, the label that you're signed to uh, provides you support amongst many endeavors, whether that be touring, merchandise, blah, blah, blah. But pretty much it's kind of like you're in their debt because they're offering this financial support. So basically, all that money you're earning, you're actually returning back to the label. Ah, so the Illuminati. No, I get it. So I'm dead. (laughs) No, okay, you got it. Three angles. That's the three in 366. Oh my God. Wait, no. And then 60 is the angle of of a perfect triangle. Which, you know, like a 60, 60, 60, it adds up to 180, all the degrees in a triangle. If it's a perfect, did I just get, oh my God, if I get sniped from my room. Listen, I'm telling you right now, all of a sudden I'm blind, I'm deaf, I'm Helen Keller in this bitch. Bye. And just for the record, FBI, I totally said this. Oh, wait, no, not FBI. Illuminati, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but it pretty much, um, it, I know, right? But it just, what it entails, it just, it reduces the amount of money an artist can earn. So what a lot of artists have been doing right now, no matter the genre, they're becoming independent once they get to a certain height in their career. Mm-hmm. Because not having a label behind you, it just makes it a lot easier to like own your rights and then pretty much earn as much revenue as you want. 
Exactly. See, the, the yeah. 360 deals are are interesting. Very, very interesting because it's you. You hit mm-hmm. the nail on the head. You're basically in debt, or I shouldn't say in debt. Oh, I guess basically in debt because they're providing yeah, pretty expenses. much. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and the thing with those is they have almost like complete control. So in that sense, mm-hmm. if you're within that 360 deal, you're at the mercy of what they tell you to record, whether you uh-huh. like exactly. it exactly. You're gonna be recording what they want you to record. And again, it, it's it's so it's so shitty because um, a lot of people can't do this thing on their own because of just the sheer amount of weight of just all the logistical items that it carries. So by having you know this record label or whoever is managing your music take on all this burden, you can just focus on the music. But in turn, you can't really focus on what you want to focus on because they're going to be calling the shots. Like they're going to be the one that, Hey, make something that's going to give us a lot of money, whether you think it's creative, whether you think it's, you know, a good piece of music or not, you're releasing it based off of what they want. So that I'm, I'm honest. I, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. You bring that up. Cause I was just actually, I was watching a video over a lot of this actually last night <laughs> over three, these 360 deals. Um, so no, I, I completely, um, don't worry I have the questions ready for you I said I, I was like there's not no I agree and I like when you were talking about streaming that's why I was like I I miss the old era of music because I'm like these artists nowadays like their music is so ass like it's like so it's so forced and it's like just appeals to the masses I'm like bro I don't want to hear the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. no I literally I miss the CDs and the vinyl era because it was like also, shout out to anyone who collects vinyls. Like, you a good one. Um, but literally, I just miss the CDs because you generally had to listen to that album, no matter the song. Like, and you brought up a good point. Like, you learned to love these songs because it was an investment. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, uh, I mean... Oh, sorry. Continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. It's with the it, it's with the ebb and flow of podcasting. But um, mm-hmm. I was just going to say... Um, I was just going to say in regards to just um, like the commodification of music, I've learned that capitalism can literally put a price tag on anything. And this isn't a joke. Oh, like we're all business majors here. Fingers, like we're all, fingers. we get it. We're all business majors here. Like we get it. But then at the same time, it's just at the end of the day, um, there's just something so completely off about just this commodification and music in every certain level. I'm not even talking about like, you know, this whole ordeal with like super fans, but even like just transactionally, like with record labels and stuff like that, or this 360 thing that you're talking about. It's almost, again, mm-hmm. you're like indebted to be an artist. You know, to be an artist is to have this sort of like weight put on you in some way, shape or form. And you can't just like, I mean, sure, you can freely express your music and stuff like that. Um, You're not. Yeah, you're not guaranteed an audience. Like you're not guaranteed an audience and stuff like that. But just like, again, maybe I'm just stating the obvious here. But like, yeah, the further along you get, you know, and it seems like there's more and more hurdles in regards to, you know, just like, again, the come on, like just I don't know something about like commodify like commodification of art in general or freedom like just expression and stuff like that there's just something so backwards about it but i i digress that's my two cents do you think that kind of do you think that contributes to like the high death rate of artists nowadays Mm. i know this is getting a little deep but i feel like since they're in debt to these labels and they're living this fast-paced life free britney 
on the idol. <laughs> You're really about to have the FBI on us. <laughs> and suddenly I hear sirens. No, I know. Uh, no, but. I'm just saying, but my last no, you think about it, like I know, right? Because like they put they put out so many <laughs> albums, right? And then after these albums come out, they're touring, they're doing press, they're doing all these networking opportunities. But it's all to circle back to the label. So I feel like you know, it just I feel like due to this constant burnout, do you feel like this is why there's a high rate of death right now in the music industry? Uh, not directly drugs come along and that's true generally just i think anybody who has like paparazzo around and Mm -hmm. i mean maybe i'm thinking of it very obtusely but um just the uh so many angles tonight (laughs) (laughs) obtuse from a goose green where's timmy turner where you need him oh my goodness (laughs) oh Oh my god. Your one-liners literally kill me. Yeah. <laughs> but um but in but to circle back. Oh god. I, ew. I hate using business terminology like unironically. Hey, <laughs> what do we pay tuition for? <laughs> exactly. Why do you think I'm 50 grand in debt, Julia? Come on. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. I felt I'm, that. I'm on the That's same what list. is knocking on the door as we speak. I'm like, baby. I said, who are you talking to? Because it's not me. I was like, you didn't hear at 918, I was Helen Keller. The fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. For real. Uh, no, at the end of the day, if the Illuminati were to come and get my ass, at least they'd pay off my bills. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the price is death. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, to, like, circle back... Um, Oh, shoot, man. No, I had too much fun with that last conversation. I totally forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you, you were about to spit a business term, and I don't remember. Oh, yes. That's, so, oh, I said circle back, and I'm looking at it obtusely. Oh, yep. Okay, we're back. Okay. So um, <laughs> with uh, in terms of like mortality among um, among artists of any really sort, like I'm, I can even speak actors at this point, just like the mm. weight of fame in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in some respects, depending on what, uh, again, what genre and like sort of what world, quote unquote, you operate in, um, you, I think certain genres have more of a freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cause like there's certain things that certain genres, like, you know, certain people like require from artists. So like with pop, like paparazzi, all those like tabloid magazines and stuff like that. So you're talking like, you know, again, like your big ticket artists, like, um like uh you know taylor swift but like i hate when i use that term also because there's like bands dead ass like Rammstein that have like made <laughs> so many you know they're a big ticket too like more arguably in some ways more like in some ways more than taylor swift just because it really is kind of a household name around the world and i can speak from mm-hmm. personal experience because literally everybody in europe knows who that is Oh, um, Rammstein? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I guarantee you uh-huh. they do. I guarantee yeah. you they do. 100%. And so, um, but again, it's weird because that's why I want to also, again, I think just point to maybe genre being the biggest thing. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, uh, there's more of like this uh, perversion with getting to know a star from certain genres more than others. So like pop, like that's why we're hearing news of, you know, Halsey having a baby or some shit like that, exactly. you know? And it's just like, well, if like, 
if like the singer for Rammstein happens to have like three children, <laughs> like three children, like all of a sudden, like I don't know, like nobody gives a shit, you know. So there's not more exactly. of like this pull from the fans to be like, what the hell is going on in this person's life, you know? Obviously, there's certain. Um, uh, there's certain nuances like or not nuances there's certain like exceptions to that because they're again obviously with like super fans but uh it's taxing it's a taxing lifestyle you know you just opened my eyes to like a whole a whole new thought process because i mean you're right like mm-hmm. it's totally predicated off the fan base as to why you know an artist is going to get as as much you know notoriety and or as much fame as they do or mm-hmm. you know and a, a lot of it is broadcasted over social media now mm-hmm. um, but no yours you're spot on i had never actually thought of it like that but it is completely predicated off what audience you're dealing with mm-hmm. oh big time big mm-hmm. time 100 percent. like 100%. if an artist is not in tune with their fan base you can guess that career by yeah 100 yeah you're you're not gonna <laughs> you're you're not gonna be taken off anytime soon if that's mm-hmm. the case right exactly. or at least to the extent that they expect it because for example mm-hmm. like just to pull from like a personal like look at things um i'm a big fan of the arctic monkeys 100 they're coming out the new album um but that's really? also yeah they're coming out the new album or they're in the works with like a new album and stuff like that so i'm really really excited but to um to illustrate this point just a little bit further again how just differing thing like different fan bases expect different things um and just how some bands for example arctic monkeys like they're not on any social media like it, the artists, like individual artists, are not are, are not on social media. Um, if anything, like their social media pages, their official ones, mm-hmm. their official ones, um, they're run, like you can tell that they're run by a person who ha- just has to run their social media accounts. You know, so there's no really again, fans expect a different level of engagement. But for example, like the ones like I was, I'll I'll circle back to to um, <laughs> to Taylor Swift again. Taylor Swift and for example, like. Yeah, Imagine Dragons, clearly their fan base like demands that they have some sort of connection to them. That's more personal. Exactly. That's more than the music, you know? And in those situations, in those situations, I can definitely see how that would be very, very taxing. And also the lifestyle. I feel like there's lifestyle um like plugs to certain genres and certain types of uh things. So I don't know. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, can I get your guys' take on bands that are typically hated by the mass or like or why, as mm. to when i say that like why do you like well like why would you guys think they're hated by the mass such as like let's i'll just give an infamous example nickelback yes <laughs> yes nickelback. i was gonna say back. <laughs> i mean anything but nickelback i was like i was really like please don't let him say the n-word please don't let him say that <laughs> i was like i was like please. I had to go there. And I know, like, I know uh, Imagine Dragons has fallen into that a bit, not as much as Nickelback, but oh, yeah. ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. Now, why? Listen, in, if in anyone guys... brings up rock and then brings up Imagine Dragons, I'm walking away. I'm like, fuck this. I'm like, or, uh, wait, AWOL Nation's kind of in that sort of little niche, too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could just keep on going. But yeah, um, so you're asking why like why do you think that sort of like comes about that like certain bands are just like uh uh, well you know what my whole my whole shtick was is like nickelback is the is the music version of fruitcake everybody loves to hate on it 
no, everybody <laughs> loves to hate on it, but it's been like sabotaged just by popular culture into like tricking you that it's a bad thing because if i look okay speak and no hate for this no hate because this is me just opening my eyes nickelback come on we all kind of vibed like mid-2000s to some of their like bigger bops you know like it was just one of those like class yeah like it was just one of those classics like you know it was in some ways radio friendly to a certain extent like the guy's voice i was never keen on but it always like they have a few bops you know so i think exactly Again, it kind of like this is like the fruitcake effect is what I like to call it because, you know, in every sort of like movie or anything like every, you know, Christmas time comes around and everybody like hates on fruitcake. So um, because that's like the cool thing to do or like that's what literally everybody has been like hammered into, you know, so um, I don't know, I guess to a certain extent, like some things are just like really fun to hate, you know, and I think people just kind of jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. So I don't know. What about what about you, Rocky? Like what did you? Um, what are you, is your take on it? You know, I, I think you pretty much you pretty much nailed nailed the points. Is the thing like people think it's like fun to do it, and there's like there's like this weird like gatekeeperish yeah like, thing about it where it's like oh it's cool to hate this band mm-hmm. if you think this band are a bunch of bigots good we, we hate them mm-hmm. but then like so many people start doing it and it's like it's all of a sudden it's not cool mm-hmm. that's why I have a prediction that Nickelback. Give it like five to ten years, they won't be hated anymore. In fact, it, you, you know what's happening right now. Wait, it's how like so? Because I was like, <laughs> wait, five, how will they not no. be hated? So okay, th- there's living proof of this actually right now. Oh hell um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the group Limp Bizkit before. Yes, I Late have. 90s. Yes, yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking okay. about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely hated in the mid 2000s if you liked Limp Biscuit, oh you oh fuck no like it was like <laughs> hell no those kids oh get out of here like <laughs> now Limp Biscuit is n- no one I mean they're almost like it's cool to like Limp Biscuit again mm. which if you would have said that to someone in 2006 you're getting shot <laughs> oh my <laughs> it's god it's like Limp Biscuit, psych and it's coming around because all of a sudden this like gatekeeper mentality of like hating bands is gone. And it's mm-hmm. like not cool to hate these bands anymore. And people are actually like, wait, that music was kind of tight. Let me mm-hmm. bring that back. And mm-hmm. people are starting to listen to them again. Now, Nickelback's reign of being hated <laughs> might last a little bit longer <laughs> than a lot of bands. But I mean, eventually give it time. And I guarantee you, people are going to be like, you know what? That wasn't as bad as people said it was. And people are going to start listening to him again. <laughs> you know what? It's interesting that you point that out, though, because I feel like there's a dichotomy with that and sort of fashion in some way, shape or form. Like these cultural things like come back in a way that really? like it was mocked before and now it's just cool again. I mean, one trend <laughs> in particular, I would say, would be like this whole sort of like return to the 2000s. So, like, Juicy Couture, for example, those, like, velour tracksuits and stuff. Like, everybody used to always hate. There was, like, oh, like, that was so, like, that was so early 2000s. And, like, apparently, like, that was a bad thing. Pop that shit on the SUV, baby. I know. (laughs) Right? So, like, that. Also, like, moments with, like, Ed Hardy and Smet. Yeah. Which were popular, like, back in the 2000s and stuff like that. Or, like, you're getting champion. Yeah. Or, like, champion hoodies are, like, a prime example of this. Fila too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Fila, cha- baby fat even try to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, like, that, one's, that one we're just going to leave back there. 
<laughs> I know, like right? that. Uh-huh. Yeah, champagne used to be dirt what? cheap back no, in the day. Champagne yeah, you can, like champagne, you what? can exclusively get at Walmart. You learn things every day. Yes, champagne. dude, literally. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Boys and Girls what? Club. I was rocking that fucking champagne too. Like, what's that, bitches? Yeah, and people used to mock like, you for that shit. People used exactly. to be like, "Oh, your bro ass is wearing champion." Like, and I was just what? like, "Oh, okay. Well, I see how." Yeah, it is. that and like Shaq. Like, no, Shaq used to be really cheap too. But it's it's oh kind of crazy. Like all everything's full circle now. Like it's coming back, and it's like the new trend. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, I was gonna say I, I literally have a couple champion T-shirts in my <laughs> closet. Mm-hmm. I uh-huh. didn't know. Yeah, Dude, no, oh you get this. It was crazy. Like a couple years ago, you could be like, "This is vintage." Now, like now, that's the current <laughs> shit. Yeah, you get. Like, but it's funny t-shirt. how that mm-hmm. exactly. But it's funny how like that translates to music as well because it's cool that like if you notice, if you're actually like really into music and the history of music, a lot of these records are just remastered. <gasps> yes. Like literally, right. if you and like it's crazy how many samples you can pick up on if you're like previewed to like older times but if you're like this new generation you're like oh my god did you hear this new song and it's like bitch yeah, that song's like, been around forever yeah, that song was, yeah the original was nos like back i know <laughs> but yeah it's crazy like like all these records nowadays are just remastered and with the new beat, that's mm-hmm. all it is. Yeah. Oh my God! No, it's 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 a lot of just what like re- recycled, like a lot of these recycled beats. Uh huh. Hundred percent. Well, putting it out that with that cookie cutter format to make more money. Mm-hmm. It all goes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Capitalism is a bit, but it's crazy. But I will say, I do love how these older artists are ensuring that people are paying their dues. Um, because there was this rapper that I um listened to that they didn't. Um, go through their legal precautions of, you know, using someone's sound. And I feel like they didn't... I don't know how that works exactly, but the artist, the former artist, actually came back and sued them, and they owed him, like, I think it was, like, like close to 400k? Like, it was crazy. Oh, my God. Who was it? Who was the artist? I forget the artist. I think it was a female artist, if I'm being correct. Rats. Whenever I think of, like, remastered songs, I always pick... Wait, who was that one who did the... I still see your shadows in my room. You know um, what I mean? Can't take back the Yes, yes. I don't know that who was the original... XXX, who was it? No, he died also. It, the Juice World, I think. Yeah, Juice uh, World. Yeah. So I remember, like, I remember driving my, uh, driving my ass, like, down, you know, in a little car. <laughs> and I was like, ah! <laughs> The bass is knocking. <laughs> yeah, the bass is knocking in my 2001 Toyota Corolla. And so at some point my phone dies. So then I'm subjected to listening, listening to music. So I'm like scrolling through my uh, little radio and um, I hear the intro to that song, that Juice World song. And the intro to that song is Shape of Your Heart by Sting. Oh my God. Wait, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Sting is yeah, so long right. ago. Whoa. Yes. No. Okay. Oh yeah. No. Shout out to Sting, the police also. So shout out to oh. Sting. Uh, heart, uh, um, what was that song? Oh God. It makes me so sad. Uh, you remember me when the West wind blows upon the field. Oh, oh, um, fields of gold. Bam. Fields of, yeah. That, yes. That, that uh-huh. was on Guitar Hero World Tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, he went, yeah, he went on a world tour. Here. I know, right? Is that a world tour or your girl's tour? <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, so I was listening to it and I was just like, oh, sick. Like Sting is on. 
And I was just like, oh, and on this on this radio show, because it was like 107.5, which is like exclusively yeah. like rap and R&B. And I was like, OK, they're kicking it back. This is the first time I heard the song. And I was just like, OK, cool. They like bumped up the bass, whatever it was. And then like all of a sudden I hear Juice World, and I'm like, huh? And I literally, <laughs> you know, at some point I had an appreciation for the song later down the line. But then I was just like, man, why you got to do my boy sting like that? I was just like, man, I hope he's getting royalties because Lord knows he's not touring. <laughs> Dude, I know. Yeah, that that dude is like seventy. Yes, uh-huh. I know. Yeah. Right, copyright issues are a bitch nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, yeah, that, yeah, especially if you're like an, an irrelevant artist now. Like, they will sue you I first know. chance you get. They'll be like, oh, I know, oh your song went ba ba ba. Oh, my song went ba ba ba. Like, you're going out. See you. See you. You're in debt with your label and me. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) In debt with the label and artist. Oh, my God. That that right there goes almost hand in hand with that DMCA thing that I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I know um, the singer slash drummer for the Eagles, Don Henley, just like went on like went on trial saying like if if anyone's to use it like an eagle song like they're gonna have to forfeit all monies and they're gonna have to like take down the video to like don henley um just solely based off of like putting like any eagles tracks um mm-hmm. <laughs> in like a video and uh-huh. using them in a song so uh-huh oh man Dude, there's so many things we could talk about with music, but Dude, I, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but I think, um, I think this is a good like sort of point to wrap up on. But if we have any Perfect. final thoughts in regards to um, music and kind of, you know what, I'll start up with a wrap up question. Um, if there's any sort of song that you want to, uh, if you want the audience to listen, highly recommend that you're actually listening to right now. That's just making you feel some type of way angry sad happy whatever it may be um yeah so uh rocky do you want to go first a song that's just really speaking to you right now (laughs) ah oh loaded that's loaded no just kidding oh man let's see i would say um you know a song that i just was getting down to today was a room a thousand years wide by Soundgarden. i just i listened to it again Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sick. Yeah. No. So, uh, listen to that. If, and how does that song make you feel? Like what's an emotion that it evokes in you? Oh, you know, I just kind of just wish live music was back. Oh man! (laughs) So hits you with the nostalgias. Okay. I I get it. I get it. Ty, what about, what about yourself? Um, I don't really have a song, but I would, um, suggest an artist right now. Uh, Masego. Uh, he's more so like a trap house jazz kind of guy, but he makes you feel really good inside. Like you feel calm. Um, you know, you also have like a groovy moment. So like if you're into that kind of music, um, that's a good oh, audience to yeah. listen to. Okay, sick. So I'll, I guess I'll wrap up with mine. And this isn't, but, <laughs> oh man, I'm just going to get roasted. But uh, taking it back a little bit, throwing it back. Okay. The Cataracts, you remember? It's the cataracts. Oh my god. Like circa 2008, 2009. I don't know why. It's it's hidden a vibe. It's really just propelling. Every me day things. I learn something new. <laughs> if, if it's tight, it's tight, right? Yeah, no, exactly. No. Hey, you know what? Don't Okay, for anybody listening to this, don't yuck anybody's yum when it comes to music. Literally. It's such a personal exactly. journey. Mm-hmm. Don't say, oh, this song is bad or like, oh, I didn't no, just say if you if you really want to voice your opinion on a song and don't just like body through it like a grown up 
like a grown ass adult and just be like, yeah, it was a good <laughs> song. And if you really just want to speak your mind on how much that song has bothered you, just go ahead and say, you know what? I'm not really feeling it. Keep it diplomatic. You know what I mean? But exactly. Exactly. So don't be that guy. Anyway. Um, as the- long as you don't suggest Whiskey Lullaby for country music, like, we're good. Like, we're good. That song, oh, I listened God. to it. I was like, oh, my. I looked out because my manager's like, please listen to the song. And, like, he kept hounding me to listen to the song. So I was like, okay. I'll do so. Because, you know, I don't think country is that bad. But, you know, he made me listen to it at work. And I literally was like, should I throw my phone at him and leave? Like, you know, there's so many things I can do right now. I know. I was like, should I file a complaint with HR? Like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, at the end of the day, keep it diplomatic. Music's a very personal journey. And there's a lot that goes into it. So um, you don't know what that person, like, what that song really means to that person or anything like that. So, um, yeah, just try not to dig at people. I mean, you know, this isn't, like, an all-encompassing sort of, like, mantra from the podcast. But just speaking it into (laughs) existence, because we talked Mm -hmm. about a lot of things. And... Um, Rocky gave some incredible insight as to uh, pretty much like how music works, really, if you Mm -hmm. think about it, Um, the state of music. um, And we're super grateful for that. But uh, but yeah, listen to All You by the Cataracts. And that's going to be, yeah, All You by the Cataracts. And you you guys are going to hate me. But yes, that is the song <laughs> I'm listening to right now. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Dude, so- don't you find it so interesting? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But don't you find it interesting we can, like, now with Spotify, like, you can watch what, uh, like, see what your friends are listening to? Love that. Love that. Love that for my Crazy. folks, honestly. Because like, I'm like, let me see what vibe you're on today. <laughs> I'm listening to like Die Word. It's like, oh, I she's tired. Oh, yo. oh, oh, she's tired. Oh, I vibe <laughs> with that. Oh, oh man. But here's the thing: when I'm listening to Die Word, I'm not okay, but in like a very chaotic <laughs> sense. <laughs> But no, as an artist, sick. They're awesome. Awesome. Uh, Who could forget Bob's like cookie thumper and uh, expensive (laughs) shit. So, you know, it's uh, it's not bad. But anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Rocky, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Yes, dude. Thank you. It was very informative and fun. Mm -hmm. Yes, this was very fun. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) no, it was. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a blast. Um, and uh, in regards to next episode sort of ideas and stuff like that, we're still on the air. So um, mm-hmm. if you guys have anything, again, we're speaking to the masses and Rocky, we'd love to have you on again if you'd like. Uh, awesome. And um, so if anybody wants to talk any topics uh, soon, um, just go ahead and let us know in either one of our DMs um, and we will... Uh, We'll talk about it, um, or we'll think about talking about it, and then we'll let you know uh, as soon as possible. So, uh, on that note, um, good night, good morning, whatever whatever time you're deciding to listening <laughs> this to. I was like, good morning. I know you fucking lying. Good night. Good morning. <laughs> no, um, I mean, just to put it in perspective, we do typically record this stuff around like 8 p.m. stuff like that. So that for us, it is night, but for you, it may mm. be the morning by the time I upload this. <laughs> so again, thank you all for listening, and hope you guys have a good one yes thank you rocky for joining us this was very fun thank you guys